dance floor Moving, making me wanna more Wanna more Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yan Bar Podcast. My name is Brian Barcelo, host of this episode. Today's guest, John John Harrell, a.k.a. John John of Truth. Hey, John John, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Oh, no, thank you, man. It's my, my pleasure. Man, um, you better believe it. Yeah, it's me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. I know you're a busy man, and we ain't going to waste your time, so I want to cut to the chase. Let's get to it. All right. All right. Location, location, location. That's a big thing with on real estate people. I see you're from Pasadena, California, kind of like where you got your start. Now, Pasadena, or California in general, has a lot of homegrown artists. You know, and I'm like wondering why do people find the urge to go there when they seem to be developing their own talent? My question to you, um, had thing, what things have been different for you had you not grown up in California? Oh, most definitely. Uh, I believe a lot of stuff would have, you know, been different if I hadn't, you know, grown up here. I probably, you know, I wouldn't have met, the, I wouldn't have met Steve. Steve um, was the guy that actually inspired me to become a singer. You know, we were already friends from back in the day, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, he was a Pasadena Michael Jackson. And so, but at that time, I never knew that he could sing, we, you know. Um, when I, you know, when he sang, it basically opened the door for me to be able to even to talk to God about trying to do something with him later on in the future and there it is you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i believe a lot of things would have been really different for me i probably would have pursued in basketball that's because that's what i really loved that's what i was really about i was really about basketball like big time man like seriously it was it was it was really my first love you know after you know after god it was basketball that's just what it was for me so singing singing was not going to be it for me. But God always has a way of being able to connect you to that right person to get you to do what he's called you to do. That's right. I'm glad you mentioned basketball because that's um, actually in one of my questions and stuff. But it's coming up later. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw that was one of um, your favorite pastimes. Um, now, check this out. I was reading your bio. You had a whole bunch of other press on you. But I love whoever did your bio. It's got a lot of information there, lots of good stuff. And that's another thing, too. I'm going to have to apologize, and I don't want you to think that I'm glossing over your accomplishments and achievements. But as I was going through the list, I realized it would take me the better part of a day to go through all of them. So it's uh, my hope that we're going to touch on many of them during our conversation. <laughs> now, right now, in your, um, in your bio, one of, the things, one of the things that struck me, stuck out to me, rather, like after thanking your fans, and expressing your love and appreciation for them, it went on to um, talk about you musically, and it says that you um, you um, you work and you challenge yourself by getting more deeply involved with writing and producing, which leads me to your music that you have out now. The songs that you have out now, your latest one. Did you get involved with the writing and producing on these? I, I got involved in like the 
song uh, I Wanna Fly Away. Mm -hmm. um, I got involved in a little bit with the other song, Fragile, the duet between me and a um, dear friend of mine, Brooklyn James. Mm -hmm. um, me and her actually did the bridge to that song. Uh, the other songs were pretty much, you know, just, you know, like, like given to me that I liked. I mean, because I liked that too. I mean, if I'm feeling something, you mm -hmm. know, I, you know, it, it, you know, it, I, it, ha I, it has to like really exude my spirit for me to be able to go ahead and be a part of it. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I like that too, because a lot of times you can just get a good song from somebody and it'll, it'll touch your heart. Yeah, man. It'll touch your heart really warm, man, and you'll be like, "Wow!" It, you know, that that goes, you know, as you know, as the same for the guy Michael Lovesmith writing the song. All I do is think of you, mm -hmm. and you know, for the Jackson Five. And so, when we did that, even way before we even did that record, that record always had something to do with my soul, like big time, man. So. Some songs, sometimes you'll get, you know, you'll hear a song mm -hmm. or a producer and writer sing you something. It just kind of like, you know, it touches you in some kind of way to where you feel that you have to go ahead and, you know, do it. Yeah, man. I'm loving those tracks. Um, Cover Girl. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, man. Thank I, you. I, I, I had a lot with, uh, with that, with helping out a lot with the vocal arrangements. Mm -hmm. Um. Because I was working, I was working with the guy that you know wrote and produced it, Marcus Buchanan, mm -hmm. and he was kind of wanting me to sing the first verse. No, he was kind of wanting me to sing the second verse the same way that I sung the first verse. And I said, No, man, I can't do it like that, man. I said, Trust me, I got you. <laughs> let me go ahead and basically do it the same way, but let me do it in the John John tone that people, you know, had came to love and adore. Right. Let me, let me let me do it in that tone, and he, he, he just you know he went with it, and then it, it's funny because every time that we played it for for anybody before we you know did our final mixes and everything, when that second verse would come up, people would say whoa, uh. yeah. and that's that's the John John that I know like wow it was like the first verse is different and it kind of sounds like me but it don't because it got like that little bit of auto tune on it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of different because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to let people know if it be that, I can kind of do a little bit of that too. I mean, Understood. It's, you know, it's all about evolving and just making sure that you evolve the right way. Understood. Yeah, you're so right and stuff. I mean, you know, it's good to um, embrace, you know, try to hold on to things of the past, but um, embracing new things, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. Uh -huh. Definitely. You know what? Moving on. Like I said, you have so many accomplishments. Like, I got to tell you that. Um, other than, Thank other than, God. Yeah, God. yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, other than music, also see that you've done some acting. Um, let me see. Coming to America. So he was in that movie. Um, I, was a, I, was a, I was an extra in, in, in a dancer in the you know in the club scene and um, and then at the end they, you know you, you see me really good over Eddie's shoulder and everybody's waving you know right. you're riding off in the carriage and everything so that's when you kind of like really see me really good over over 
and his children. Yeah, I mean, how yeah. did that come about? Because, like, some of the things I see that happened to you, one of them I was reading, um, they described someone, in a sense, touching you on the shoulder. And like, hey, man, come do this, like, great award thing and stuff. I'm like, does this happen to you all the time? You just, like, wind up in these things? Um, these well, various- I, I think God just had a way of, you know, getting me in the right place at the right time. Um, like, uh, you, well, even the coming to America situation, mm-hmm. my, uh, my sister's mother-in-law, um, works for the NAACP. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we got the connection between even, man, even be, uh, even being able to go and watch the Jackson from the victory tour, uh, at the Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles. Uh, Norma, um, you know, family to us, um, Norma Reed, she, uh, she got us some tickets to go to that concert and she hooked up myself, my mom and Alan, uh, Alan, you know, to, for us to be extras in the movie coming to America. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. I see you're also yeah. in a play called, um, Treat Her Like a Lady. Um, can you tell me a little yeah. bit about that one? How, uh, what happened with that? Uh, I ran into Roy Fagan. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that I saw Roy. He was actually when I actually when I first saw Roy, I seen him at a church that I was uh, going to at the time in Los Angeles called Power of Love Christian Fellowship. Darius McQuarrie, um, the guy who plays Eddie Winslow on Family Matters mm-hmm. at his uncle's church, and so I kind of that's where I saw um, Roy Fagan first. That's where I met him. And then I, I think I've seen him, I forgot where I saw him uh, uh, some other time. He said, man, you know, man, I got this play, man, I would love to, you know, just write you a part in it. I was like, for real? <laughs> said, yeah, man, I, I, want, I want you to come with me, you know, come to the Wilson Bell Theater and, and come check out a play. And I want you to come just kind of check out and see how plays go and everything. Uh, there's a play that's going on at the Wilson uh, Theater uh, you know, up in Beverly Hills. He said, I want you to come and hang out, man, and come check this play out with me. Just so you can see how you know, see what going, see what goes on and everything. So you know, I went and um, checked out how how they would do a play. But I, but I've seen, I've, you know, I went to a play a long time ago. Um, and I think it was called Mama. I want to sing. Mm-hmm. Cheryl Pepsi Riley was in that play. Ooh. So when I saw the play, it kind of blew my mind, and I just kind of began to talk to God and say, you know what, God. I think that'd be real cool. I would love to be a part of something like that. You know, and God just has his time of being able to, you know, set up his people, you know, to do certain things like that. That's what's up. That's a powerful testimony. Yeah, yeah. God God has been the forefront of this whole entire ride that he's been taking me on in my career. Yeah, and that's evident from the short time that we spoke. You mentioned God and church a lot and opportunities that present yeah, themselves yeah. just from having that connection. That's a beautiful thing. More than the word and you can get in church. That's great. I mean, I, yo, man, and, and check this. I got this incredible uh, God brother. His name is uh, Pastor Jonathan DeCure. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he actually made a, a dream of mine to come true as well, too. I've always wanted to do something that was, you know, part of Christmas. And I did something a couple of times. One time with Janie Bradford. She was a publicist of Motown 25 for the first 25 years. Wow. And she was a publicist for the company. Um, she got me involved in, into doing a song that she had put out called The Present. 
But my god brother, um, Jonathan the Cure, he put the, you know, it, it, this is at our church here in the city of Pasadena, um, Victory Bible Church. And we have a concert one night, and he announces to the audience that, you know, that he was going to be getting the choir together and we were going to work on mm -hmm. uh, like a Christmas CD. And so it ended up happening. We put together a Christmas CD. He had me to do a duet with this girl named Bianca uh, Hager. And mm -hmm. we did the first Noel. I mean, it was great, man. It was awesome. You know, with the choir and everything. It was awesome, man. So that was a dream of mine to come true. And, and that happened as well, too. So, it's, you know, like I said, it's, you know, it's been nothing but God being able to set those things up for me. Truly blessed, truly blessed. I'm going yeah. off script a little bit because um, yeah, th this is worth mentioning. Your voice, because I've been checking out your performances and stuff, man. You know, of course, you know, seeing them throughout the years. You know, as a refresher course, I'm going through it. And um, I see that your your voice, your singing style, has been um, compared to um, some of the greats, like uh, Teddy Pendergrass, Luther Vandross, Michael Madonic, and Philip Bailey. Now that's a range right there. You know Philip Bailey, man. This guy's shattering glass and stuff, you know? And then, you know, Luther, you know, different type of voice. So you have all of that range. It's, it's God. That's, you know, God gave it to me like that. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I, I rehearsed those songs a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I did a show with this, uh, you know, with Brooklyn James one time. And we were out here in this uh, at, at, at the Double Tree Hotel, mm -hmm. and we did a uh, we did a concert together. But we did some songs, you know, from the past from you know legendary artists. And I, I sang "Reason," you know. We had a band. I sang "Reason." I did that. I did. Uh, what else did I do? I did "Fire and We did "Fire and Desire" together. Wow. So, Tina Marie, Rick James, mm -hmm. and I did uh, Johnny Gill, "My My My." And there was a guy that was interviewing me one time at this uh, station, you know, that I was working for at the time, Accelerated Radio, mm -hmm. uh, from this guy, Kevin Nash, and my boy, Stevie Dreamer. We had a gospel show called Rhythm and Good News. And so there was a guy that was talking. He said, man, I remember that um, we did that concert. He said, man, you did, you did these other uh, songs by these different artists. And he was like, man, you were sounding like all of them. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? And man, that's God. God did all of that. But then, you know, at the same time, you have to be the type of artist you have to study. Um, Michael said it best. Uh, between Michael and Quincy Jones, they said it best. Uh, Michael said that if you want to be great, you got to study the greats. You got to study the people that were before you that were great. If you want to become great, you have to do that. Um, Quincy said, um, if, if your music that you're doing, everything that you're singing to, if it doesn't, if it doesn't bring you chills, how do you expect for other people to get chills? Ah, <laughs> wow, this is cool. Okay. And you know what? Um, yeah, those are great words. You um, you just touched on another one of my questions, but I'm gonna get back to that later and stuff. This is good. We're connecting. I like that. It's like things are lining up. I love it. Now, um, there was another um thing you did um. New Jack City, you were involved in that movie. Can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? How'd that happen for you? I know you said, God, um, how do you, you want to make that come about for you? Our management um, at the time that we was with, David Cook and Steve Cohen, Cotton Grove Productions, uh -huh. uh, they presented it to us. Um, 
and you know saying that um they got a someone got a hold and I believe it was a uh, the director at the time Mario Van Peebles that got a hold wow uh, you know management and was saying man we love to have Troop to be a part of this movie we got some amazing people in this movie already we think that Troop you know would be a perfect fit as well too they were like we already have the vert we got Key Sweat you know we know that Troop has worked with both of those acts mm -hmm. it would be great to have them to be a part of this movie as well too. And, you know, pretty much the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Now, speaking of truth, gotta mention them. They wouldn't lean too heavy on them and stuff because I really, and I know it's like you guys are inseparable in a sense, you know, but I really wanted to concentrate on you and focus you on your, you know, your solo aspect of what you're doing. But since we mentioned Troop and they came up, I was checking out, um, oh gosh, I almost screw up the title, um, um, spread, spread, spread my wings or spread my wings. Is that it? Yeah. I was check, yeah, I was checking out the video. The dance choreography, I mean, the singing is great. The way you guys harmonize and do all that amazing things with your voice. That's fantastic. But that dancing, I have never seen such tight choreography and dancing in my life. I mean, I watched Dance with the Stars and So You Could Dance. I watch all of that stuff. But you guys, how long did you practice? I saw you started um, like singing this stuff when you were six. So I imagine for that um, choreography, you probably had to start when you was about six to get it that tight. <laughs> how long did it take you to do that, man? Well, the choreography was done. Troop always, we do at least a good... 80 to 85 percent of our choreography but then also we add people to come and help it you know to actually help and stage you know stage the videos do mm -hmm. certain moves for us and everything like that and the people who had helped us out would spread my wings with a friend of ours my name of doc clark uh it was tony basil and um and she had a guy that would do had this thing where he would do a move like if he was wearing a hat but we didn't wear the hats you know for the song but we still did the move that the guy had taught us and then it was hugo this pop an amazing pop locker beat boogaloo pop locker he was real awesome um hugo is a guy that was in michael jackson's captain eo oh. well, he kind of helped us out a little bit too with the dance break that's Other incredible. That, you know, we, we had a lot of, of hand in um, doing the creation of the choreography in that song. Yeah, but still, you had to learn that. I'm, I'm trying not to it, interject. It, it, I'm it trying not. I'm sorry. Go ahead. About two weeks. It took us about two weeks. No way. Two weeks. We, we knew that we had. You know, we, we just wanted to get together every day so we can know it, like you know, like the back of our hand. And you did. You know? so <laughs> wow. That's my. That's my attitude was much harder because we were already on a tour at the same time. We were mm -hmm. on the uh, the Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him tour. We was on that tour, and then they said that we had to, you know, prepare to get ready to shoot a music video for That's My Attitude. It was like, wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, because we were already on a tour, right. so to be able to get with the choreographer, uh, his name is Shake, uh, we got with him, he did some choreography. We, we all, you know, pitched in and, and did our little parts, you know, to, uh, to do moves to, um, you know, to make it all, you know, a choreographed video. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really hard to do it that way because we were already, you know, trying to stay focused on being on this tour and, and you know, and doing good shows every night. Because at that time, you know, it was 357, Mr. Lay, uh, After 7, Troop, MC Hammer, you know, so it was, hey, we had to stay focused on that tour. So it was kind of hard to be able to, 
you know, try to focus on something else. And, right. and go ahead and still do your tours and everything. So we we would be on tour after the show was over. We go back to the hotel. We go to this room and start rehearsing choreography for attitude. That's what's up. Now, see, I like yeah. that, man. See, man, you kind of people I can mess with. I like people who do that. You get through doing your work, go back and get right back to practice. I love that. Oh man, yeah. that is beautiful, yeah. man. And what's up, man? <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a beautiful thing. Now we get to the, the question we kind of already touched on about um all this work. You gotta have a find um, find you a way to unwind. You know, it's all work and no play. Now um one of the things I saw in here is that um you like to roller skate, and then the other one yeah. you also mentioned basketball. Now yeah. the funny thing about it, I too love basketball, and I was saying to myself, I said, man. John John like basketball. I said, man, if I ever see you, man, let's go to the basketball court, man. I said, I'm going to play you some of, ball. That'd be a lot of fun, man. That'd be a lot of fun. I, man, I still play every now and then. You know, we can't play now. They don't have any rails and stuff. Anywhere. So, you know. It's, oh, no way. Yeah. If you go to a park right now, you, you will not see. You'll see a basketball court, but you won't see the basketball rims or net stuff. John John. Backboard. John John. Crazy right me. Now, Maybe um I don't know two weeks ago I drove by one of our you know neighborhood basketball courts and I noticed yeah. the rims weren't up and I was like exactly. that's weird <laughs> you know I didn't even make oh, yeah. the connection oh, right. shoot. yeah wow yeah. that yeah. is cool now the roller skating thing can help me with that one um you know what being there in um New York we get a lot of snow and um uh, back in the days and stuff right um you know we had the four um wheeled roller skates and then they came over the inlines and me I figured that it was easier to learn to ice skate than you know I mean um, it would be harder to learn ice skating so I figured I'd learn ice skating first and I can always get you know the roller skates so I never got to the roller skating but man like man I tell you if I ever see John John the circumstances allow it I love to play some b-ball with you man <laughs> Great. That'd be cool, man. Love That'd it. Be real cool. That's what's up. Hey, check this out. Do you ever play for any um, teams, like in school, organized ball? As a man, at one point, I was playing for like three or four, maybe five basketball teams at one time. My mom had a meeting with uh, the youth pastor from, you know, our church at the time, mm -hmm. you know, during, you know, my early years of playing basketball. Uh she had a meeting with the youth pastor about me being at home at times because I was always, you know, I was always balling. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays was a basketball league at the Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. um, I was playing for the school. Then I was playing um, for the church. And we would play on Saturdays. Uh, the school games were on, you know, Fridays. Mm -hmm. I was practicing every day. Uh, it, it was, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. <laughs> That's what's up. Now, um, actually, yeah. I, I love the way this connected. Like I said, it's like the universe aligning. There's so many things you touched on. Um, this is also my question about the community. I saw that you're big in the community. You didn't get the big head and forget where you came from. And I like that. That's what's up. And I see that you're involved with the boys club. And um, you yeah, mentioned yeah. schools, and, and in particular, um, about dropping out, trying to prevent kids from dropping out. And um, yeah. then also see about um, anti-guns, you know, for um, people, you know, in neighborhoods using guns and stuff. This is really good. How do you um, get involved with the community like that? Well, you know, I, you know, 
it was just, you know, growing up in the community and, and always being a part of, you know, places like, you know, Boys and Girls Club, Jackie Robinson Center, you know, and, you know, just, I love people, you know, and so when, when I'm approached by, you know, anyone, you, whether they're young or old, um, sometimes, you know, they ask me questions about helping them out at, you know, certain places, you know, like Jackie Robinson Center, mm -hmm. the Boys and Girls Club, or even sometimes the Salvation Army. Yeah, another great organization. I like those guys a lot. That's cool, man. Like I said, I love when, um, you know, people, you know, they, they find some success, but they don't forget where they come from. That's, that's, that's big with me. I like that a lot, man. Much props to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can't do that, especially, you know, the, the boys and girls clubs, because to be honest, that's where I actually met Steve at. And we were real young, you know, we were, and he, the, you know, Denzel Washington, you know, he was a member of, of you know, girls and boys clubs. Um, but my uh, friend of mine, uh, Tracy Murray, and, you know, Tracy Murray became, you know, played for the Houston Rockets, mm -hmm. Toronto Raptors. He played, you know, he's the NBA basketball player, right. you know, so, and we grew up with Tracy. Wow. So, you know, it, you know, to be a part of these organizations, you never know how your life can turn out, to, you know, to be. Now, once again, you said you grew up with this man, and it's in Pasadena, right? Yeah. See, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. You have so much homegrown talent. I don't know why people are trying to go out there. They already got plenty of talent out there. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. What's going on out there? Why do you think you guys producing so much talent? I don't know, man. I guess, you know, sometimes, you know, Pasadena itself is like a, a, a place where even like a lot of the people that went to high school where a lot of them were pretty much, you know, city celebrities. Uh, like, you know, you had a lot of people like, man, like Cleo Bates, you know, one of the fastest track runners here in the city of Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I mean, it was a lot of people, man. You know, you had uh, Ricky Irvin, who played football at John Muir, and he ended up playing for the Washington Redskins. You had Stacy Ogman, who ended up playing, you know, from from John Muir High School, playing from, you know, playing with, uh, going to UNLV, and then from UNLV going to Atlanta Hawks. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. Something's in the water with it here. <laughs> you, know, you know, we got Eddie Van Halen. I even heard that, uh, uh, what, what, what's the guy, um, the, supposed to be the smartest man? What was his name? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I can only think of Einstein. <laughs> I don't know. Einstein. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Einstein is from, Einstein is from Pasadena. No way. Yes. Now Look see, I'm going to. I'm going. Not that I doubt you, but I mean that's a fascinating tidbit of information. I mean, it is. Bro, it is crazy out here. Maybe it is the water. Really crazy. You guys got to bottle that it's stuff. Really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Einstein. Up, man? I didn't even know that. That is yeah. too cool. Hey, check this out. Got a few more um, questions for you, and then um, you know, yeah. probably go off um. Off script a little bit, but before we do, time to pay some bills. Hey, check this out. Where can people purchase your album, your new single out, rather? I'm sorry. And where can they get your merch and talk to you and um, find out how to book you and all that good stuff? If they want, if they want to book me, they they can you know they can get in contact with myself or uh, or my business partner Renee Lynch. Um, 
uh, you know, hit me up, J-O-N-J-O-H-N of Troop at Yahoo.com. If you want to buy a CD, you can get the CD from me, or you can, you know, you can, if you're in that digital download era, you can, you can download some of the songs on, um, you know, on iTunes and Amazon, uh, what have you, you, you can do that. Uh, just hit me up if, if you know if you're old school, you want the hard copy. I got you. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, here, yeah, everybody. Make sure you purchase um John John's uh, music and some merch. You got some merch available, don't you? I got t-shirts. Uh, man, you name it. Yeah, <laughs> understood. And um, you mentioned um Renee Lynch. Much props to Renee. Shout out to Renee. Yeah. 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 And appreciate it so yeah. much. Um. Shout out to Shout out to Renee Lynch and Denise. Yes, thank you. And Denise, he's cool too. Also, um, my social media manager. There you go. That's what's up. Now, back to the questions. Oh, yeah. Just in case somebody's walking into the room right now, it's the Yambar Podcast. And we're speaking with John John Harold, uh, a.k.a. John John, the troop. Uh, let's see. Received awards. Wow. My, I started getting writer's cramp. I started writing down all this stuff. Let's see. Okay, you got received awards. Now, one thing that really, they actually are pretty good. One thing um, I was checking out was the tribute. I saw the um, video, the tribute, when you're singing um, a Luther Vandross song. I think that was never yeah. too much or something. Now, yeah. to me, now I don't disagree with you. Please don't misunderstand. Now, I see that there was a bold statement made. I don't know if that came from you or it was the publicist, but it says that um, Luther Vandross, greatest vocalist of all times. Now, you, I figure of all people, you know, in better position to make that, um, that statement, that claim. You've been with some of the greatest, some of the best of all time. And Luther, you say he's the greatest vocalist. Can you tell me why you see um see it that way? You got you got you to look at it like like for what it really is. Um, his tone. You know what? I had a talk. Mm -hmm. I had a, I had a conversation with Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. And he told me. He said, "Man, he said we know that without a shadow of a doubt." Michael Jackson, the greatest entertainer of all time. Okay. He said Luther Vandross, the greatest vocalist of all time. He said, how did you do it? He said, no one can like really do a Luther song and really, you know, get away with that. Mm -hmm. No one except John John. And, 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 and <laughs> yeah. the compliment that he gave me mm -hmm. was priceless. I mean, it was when I tell you priceless, mm -hmm. mind blowing. I mean, because that's that's twelve to fifteen million albums selling. Don't be cruel, and I don't know how many other millions that he sold even after that from you know his career period. I mean, that's what he tells me. I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that. You wow, know, yeah. for that, and then even when I met Michael Jackson, Michael he, he told me to my face. He said, "Man, you guys are are incredible." I haven't seen, uh, he said, I haven't seen any other group that moved the way that you guys move and still come back to the microphone and sing the way you guys sing. I said, Mike, we got that from you and your brothers, period. Wow. This this is incredible the way this um, interview is going. It's almost like you're reading my cue cards. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Now, um, I noticed that um, 
there was something else on the Michael Jackson. You mentioned him. Um, if I'm not mistaken, when there's some kind of um, war show or, or a tribute or something to Michael Jackson, I think he was involved with. No, it was a, it was a tribute to the Jacksons. The Jacksons. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, well, it was it was for their anniversary, I believe, mm -hmm. like 50 years or something like that. Right. But it, it was for the Black Music Honors. Um, at first, even when I got the uh, the phone call to be able to do it, I thought somebody was Ashton Kutcher or something like that. So I, I told I told the people very politely, I'm going to hang up. So I hung up. Uh, I just hung up. <laughs> they called me back and they said, look, no, this is like a real deal. I said, look, if this is a real deal, then you have to have someone from the organization, you know, family, somebody. Right. That works for them, not you. Exactly. Somebody got to call me right. and tell me this. I said so politely again. I'm going to tell you goodbye and I'm going to hang up. Because I wouldn't believe in that for anything. Exactly. So, <laughs> I get a phone call from Daniel Moore. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember getting Daniel Moore's number at Temecula when he, he's the band director for the Jacksons. Mm -hmm. I remember getting I remember getting his telephone number and him having my number but we we never we never talked and you know but we still had each other's number right my phone rings and it says Daniel Moore I said oh what is this <laughs> he said he said bruh he said man what is going on he said man did you talk to this lady named, named Elizabeth she's a talent scout booking agency for the, the show Black Music Honors I said yeah I did he said, man, she told me you hung up on me twice. And I heard a whole bunch of, I heard a whole bunch of other laughing in the background. They were laughing. I said, man, I thought somebody was, you know, fooling me. Right. Oh, bro, this is real. He said, dude, I just talked to the family. I talked to Rodney. You see, you no, know, I talked to the family. I talked to uh, Jackie, Marlon, Tito, and Jermaine. They said, call John John. Wow. I said, what? Incredible. I said, I said, but what about, I know the first thing that I did, I said, but what about the group? And they was like, look, there's, there's no disrespect to the group. We love Troop, you know, love, love the group, love the group. It was like, but a lot of times we see, we, we see you. So what do you mean we y'all see me? He said, don't you come to the concerts? I said, yeah. He said, aren't you all over the blogs and stuff on, and on Facebook and you're saying stuff about the family? I said, yeah. He said, don't think anybody watching. Wow. He said, man, they know about your song, Girlfriend, and Never Too Much. Incredible. I said, you gotta be kidding. I said, they know about that? He said, yeah. They said, that's our boy, John John. Call John John. See, that's what's John John. up. <clears throat> Great story, I, too. All, all the while, I, I am. I'm trying to push for the group. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to push for the group. But, you know, it is what it is. And sometimes when you get an opportunity to do something, I mean, you, you have to do the say it with the Lord. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would have been a disrespect if I would have turned it down. Oh, yeah, of course. So, you know. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, the guys, and I'm sure they are, they're cool enough not to let you do that. They're like, man, is you nuts? Go ahead. We'll drive you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
<laughs> and check this out, man. Um, I was checking out where, um, at first I was a little confused. Like, I guess it's not easy for me, um, not hard for me to get confused. I was checking out um, your first solo efforts outside of Troop. And then, and with me, I got it confused with um, your first actual release. And that's what had me confused. I'm like, wait a minute. This first one out there, and then I understood. Now, check this out. Why um, was it, I'm saying necessary, but what caused you to go um, solo, so to speak? I mean, you're still with Troop, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, why do you. Guess, this, I'm sorry, go ahead. I guess, I guess it was just time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, given the opportunity to be able to, you know, go ahead and to do something, um, you, you know, you have people, you know, as a matter of fact, Alan came to me one day and was like, man, what are you waiting on? They said, what are you waiting on, man? He said, he said man, you get just as much as love as, as me and Steve get. He was like, you, you, you gotta, you gotta do something. You have to do something, John, John. Can't sit, can't be waiting all the time. And then, you know, but, but at the same time, that, you know, Alan's giving me that story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, you know, phone calls from different producers and songwriters about, you know, hooking up with them to doing some stuff on me. And I just said, yeah, okay, let's, 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 let's work something out. That's what's up. So no, no animosity or none. It's just, um, I guess it's a Corona break. And <laughs> during the Corona, corona yeah. break, I guess, yeah. That, that's cool and stuff, man. And it's the same guys that have been together from the beginning. Same ones you grew up with. Yeah, we, yeah, we are, you know, we got a bond. I, I believe that Truth actually has a bond the same way that New Edition has a bond. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a brotherhood. Um, in, 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 in the front and in the back of our minds, I know that we're thinking of each other all the time. I mean, that's, that's just what it is since, you know, since 1984. Wow. And, uh, you think it helped because you guys grew up together? I mean, that's kind of like the glue that helps, um, hold you guys together? Um, that's part of it. Mm hmm Um, because... Let me see. When I say grew up, grew up together, mm -hmm. let me see. Me and Steve were the ones who knew each other when we were kids. And okay. Alan, no, and Rodney and Reggie were the ones who knew each other when they were kids. So oh. um, we didn't know at that time. Well, I think a little later, because stories have begun to flare a little later as far as like Alan, as far as like Rodney already knowing about Alan, it was just, it was just a better time that Alan would be a part of the group. But because of family situation, mm -hmm. Alan, uh, because of family situation, Rodney already met Alan before even Steve even brought Alan to be in the group. Wow. So, but, but Rodney and Reggie were all, you know, they were already close. Um, let's see, me and Steve were close. And, it, you know, it, it just happened. You know, we, we got together in 1984, you know. Wow. Um, it was after Rodney 
and Reggie had did the television show putting on the hits. When they did put on the hits, a producer had called the show, wanted to know if the guys can really sing. And the guy was Greg Perret. Greg Perret was the guy that, um, you know, uh, got, you know, we, we, we it was myself, Rodney, Reggie, Steve, and a guy named Shane. Mm-hmm. We auditioned for Greg. Greg liked us. He liked what he heard. He put us in the studio. We did a, a couple of songs with him. Um, with him and an and, and old school legendary Michael Henderson. Mm-hmm. We did a song with Michael Henderson and we did a song with uh, Greg. Um, and then we had a showcase for A&M Records. But we mm-hmm. were still kind of wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. And Shane got impatient. He stops coming to rehearsal. Oh. And then that's how we got Alan. Wow. The way a situation happened, a situation went down with Greg and his wife. Um, he turns us over. Uh, Steve had got a number from uh, uh, for Greg. He called Greg and was at, and I guess between Rodney's mom and Steve, you know, we got David Cook and Steve Cohen. And David Cook and Steve Cohen signed us to their production company, Platinum Group Productions, and they got to deal with Atlantic Records. Incredible. And you know, once again, church, is um, I saw you started singing at church at the age of six. Is this what, how you developed your singing voice and singing style, or was that taught to you later, or you acquired that later in life? Well, church did all of that, man. Um, I believe church did all of that. But, but just, you know, also growing up and listening to different singers, mm. um, my mom, you know, my mom was over, uh, I'm kind of like a PK because my mom was over the music ministry. Mm-hmm. She was over it. And, and some people, they, they, you know, they think that, that it's not, that I'm not a PK, but I, 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 I kind of am because, um, the music ministry is, is, you know, the music ministry and the word of God go hand in hand. You get it? Because the, the music ministry is actually singing the word of God. Ah. The word of God is preaching the word of God. So they go hand in hand. Yes. And, and my mom ran it. So that, that kind of makes me a PK. So, um, but I was already in it. But my mom was the kind where it was okay. She let R&B come into the house and, you know, we, we played Temptations and Harold Melvin and Blue Notes and Staple Singers. And, and a, I just did a bunch of studying and, you know, and, and I guess that kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. grew my voice more other than just doing gospel all the time. Right. That's a beautiful thing. And thank you for mentioning Temptations. One of these places yeah. that you sung out, I think it was an award or someplace you was at. Matter of fact, I think it was on, um, said something about Howl Awards. Um, yeah, Heroes and Legends. Yeah. Yeah, and then singing yeah. the Temptations. Um, Barry Gordy, I think, was he there at the time? Every, man, everybody was there. Man, uh, and all the big wigs from Motown that that was either either a songwriter or who engineering work or or you know um, publicist people, um, artists. Mm-hmm. Brenda Holloway, oh. uh, Jack, Jackie Jackson came in. He came through. Um, Brandy, Brandy and Reggie, they got an award. 
Uh, this is this is put together by Jamie Bradford. She does this every year um, for kids and to get scholarships for kids to get them, a, you know, to go to college and everything. Wow. She's been doing it for years, and and she called it uh, the Howl Awards. <laughs> that is too she, cool. she hit me up one day saying, "Hey, I'm doing a big tribute celebration for the years for uh, the Temptations." She was like, "I need you, son. I need you. I want you to do David Ruffin." Janja. Janja. You got nerves of steel, man. I don't know uh, what I'd have done myself being up on stage in front of all those greats. Uh, incredible. Man. Hey, thank you, man. Ooh, thank you. Now, once again, like I said, man, it's like the universe aligned because you was touching on all my questions. Like you were reading my cue cards over my shoulder. Um, <laughs> the next one got him right. And um, yeah, we're getting down to it, too. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Now, uh, you, ahead, you mentioned ahead, you learn. I read this. Anybody said you learn by studying the greats. Yeah. And um, and actually, um, not pumping sunshine up behind the nun, I've decided to study you. I've been watching that video where you did um, Girlfriends on stage. You just gave us a teaser. Just about a minute of it. But okay. I watched you. So calm, so relaxed. It's like he was born on stage, man. I said, oh my God, I got to watch him, study him, to see his moves. I like the way you move, stay in time with the beat. Just truly professional. I mean, I love that. And I like the advice that you gave when it said, um, study the greats. And um, that would be your advice for anybody who um, you know, trying to better themselves or perhaps develop skills. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. If they want to get in, if they want to get in this, I mean, it, it, it's like I was saying to a friend of mine the other day. I heard this song, and no disrespect, mm -hmm. no disrespect, you know, to to anybody. I mean, I love, I love everybody, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I love I love longevity better because longevity is is classic. You you can be able to play it to, uh, in nineteen fifty, and you can be able to play it in twenty twenty. But when you play something that's kind of brand new, yeah, and you haven't heard it in a long time, and it comes back on the radio, you'll be like, "Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time." Because radio stopped playing it. Exactly. They'll play, those, they'll play those classics all day, every day, because it gets people into. You know their memories. Yeah. They remember when the time was good, and they want to go back to that. And the only way to go back to that is to put on that good music. That's right. Now, um, since you mentioned that, and they're trying to put you on the spot, because I know you say you like to check out the new stuff too, and even experiment with to an certain extent. What do you think about yeah. the state of music nowadays, and compared to um, what I call the golden age, you know, Motown and all that good stuff? What do you think about um, nowadays music? Some of it is really good. Mm -hmm. um, there's some good stuff out there. And even what uh, the legends are doing as far as like doing some of the new style of R&B music. Because see, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you know, acts like, you know, ourselves, you know, Voice to Men, New Edition, Truth, you know, the whole clan of everyone, solo situation, were soulful singers. Yes. So it doesn't matter how 
how how the music is going to sound, that thing that's going to come out soulful. You can't hide from that. And you can't run from it. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is what it is. It's going to come out the way that God intended it to come out. That's the soulful. And at the end of the day, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Now, John, John, do you? I'm, I'm sorry. Mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just listen to what just listen to what as Charlie Wilson has done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, man. Hasn't he come? Hasn't he come so far? Yeah. I mean, this, this man has done it, man. I mean, think about his 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 uh his caliber of of his solo albums. I believe Charlie has about what a good eight nine albums. Wow. Come on, man. That's bad. <clears throat> yeah, it is. And beautiful, going, man. Yeah. Beautiful. In a different context, back to that longevity you was talking about, though. Different context, though. But yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Hey, check this out. Do you have any advice from any um, body on starting out in the music industry um, as far as how to get started, maybe who to contact, um, how to stay involved and do like you do, come off a show and then go to the hotel and practice? <laughs> Got any advice for people? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much a, well, you know what I've been talking about uh, earlier that you know you, you got to be serious when you come into this. Mm-hmm. If you want to have longevity in it, I mean that's what you have to do. You got to study great people. You have to study people that will be for you. You have to study them because that's why that their legacy is still going strong. You, you, you got to study them, and, and you have to read, and you have to just learn. You know, learn before you take your steps and before you start making your, you know, your moves. Um, learn everything that you can. Soak up everything that you can, mm-hmm. business-wise, the whole nine yards. And, you know, make sure that you have the right people around you, smart people who that are smarter than you, that love you, that are going to guide you the right way that God sees fit for you to be guided. That's good stuff. And, 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 and I, I think you'll go. I think I think they'll go a long way. That's uh, that's good words. Hey, John, John, we getting down to it. Um, as customary on the podcast, I like to give the guests final words, final say, so to speak. Now, if there's anything that we haven't covered that you like to touch on, or if it's just anything you know you got on your chest you want to get out, or something you think people need to know, um, it's a great time to let folks now. You got the floor, man. Well, um, I don't want to like um, really like shock people right now, but there's something that's supposed, you know that, that's supposed to be happening like like July 2021, 20, like July 17th, mm-hmm. I believe, um, in Gary, Indiana. It's supposed to be a huge concert. I mean, you've seen it once before out here in Los Angeles with R. Kelly and New Edition opening up for Troop. I mean, opening up, uh, opening up for the Jackson. I'm sorry, my mother. Mm-hmm. I mean to say that you seen <laughs> R. Kelly and the New Edition opening up for the Jacksons right out here. You know, I believe it was at the Staples Center, um, or was that uh, the Nokia? Nokia? Thing? No, I think that was the Staples Center, mm-hmm. and it was the it was BET weekend, and it was the Jacksons and R. Kelly and New Edition. Now something's getting ready to take really big. Big, big, it's about to take place really big in Gary, Indiana. You could be seeing Troop and the Jackson. Yeah. Now that's what's up. <laughs> I, I wish, I, man, I pray that that happens. 
because I'm, I'm actually trying to talk to some people to try to make something else happen that would be very monumental for us. Oh, man, I look forward to that. I really hope that happens. That's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a few hosts of other people there, too, with High Five, uh, Cool in the Gang, and I believe Ready for the World. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely the show to see. It's going to be dope. It's going to be, I, I, I believe, like, like I would call it, like, the show of all shows, part two. <laughs> there you uh, go. Part one was here in L.A. with the Jacksons and R. Kelly. Now part two is about to be, you know, in Gary, Indiana, where the Jacksons are from. Incredible. Yeah, we really do hope that happens. I'd love to see it. Yeah, man. And check this out. <clears throat> About ready to say um bye to um our viewers or listeners, in this case and stuff. And if you want um if you don't mind, just hold on one second. Let me say goodbye to everybody. All right, hey everybody. I know, I know. <laughs> Time flies by fast when you're having fun. Yes, it's another conclusion of the Ambar um podcast episode. Um, as usual, thank you all for checking us out. And don't forget to check out our previous Yambar Podcast guests. And always remember that the Yambar Podcast is the place where you make it happen. Once again, I'm Brian Barcelo, and we're here with John John Hill, a.k.a. John John the Troop. Peace, everybody. <laughs> All right. Man, I, and, I, want to say, I want to say goodbye too, man. Like a, this is a thing that I. That oh I, yeah, we still on. Go ahead, man. Oh, if y'all y'all still there, man. This is you know me. This is what I do when we on stage. When we give it, you know, bow out and you know, end the concert and everything. Uh -huh. I say something like this. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Rodney B, John L. Steve. T-R-O-O-P Good night, y'all. We love you. <laughs> All right. Ah. Thank you, John John. John John, ah. hello, ladies and gentlemen. Peace, everybody. I'm up in the club tonight. That's when I seen her looking right. She's out on the dance floor, moving, making me want to 